And so now here we are. Now, I want to go back to the southern border for a second, because I remember during during uh, Trump's presidency, right? The the big the, the big story was children in cages along the southern border. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure I'm wrong at points here, but here's I looked into it, and this is what I took from it: that you have children who are crossing the border with adults that ICE that ICE do not know who they are. There is no documentation. We don't. They don't know for sure if these children are, are actually children of these adults or if these children are being smuggled into the country for human sex trafficking purposes. So what they do is they separate the children from the adults until they can figure out what the fuck is going on. They're not going to just send these these people into the United States with children where they don't know where those children are going to end up. So what we saw were photos of... No? Okay, please break it down for me. No, you're completely wrong. And I understand why you're wrong. And and you're conflating what's happening. It's insidious. So when you hear this... Okay, let's just stop for a second to, to understand the gravity of illegal immigration. Okay? And this is not a knock on you because your, yeah. your interviewing is great. I'm just saying, look at how big this is. You and I have been talking, I'm looking at my clock, one hour. And we're just starting to talk about the biggest story is child sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. That is how enormous this problem is, that it took us an hour to get to this subject. Okay? That's, that should scare you, America. Okay, because this is how big it is. Now, let me let me explain to you. You're seeing cages, the cages. Those cages were built by Obama. Okay, Mm -hmm. so let me explain. There's a policy that is so grossly insane. It's called the uh, Flores Agreement. So I can't, I being a border patrol, can't hold a unaccompanied alien child. We call them UACs. It could be, if you, you can even imagine this. It could be kids that are like babies, like carried with their, their, uh, their sister, babies to 17 years old. I can't hold them more than 72 hours. I have to get them out to Health and, health and Human Services, HHS. HHS then turns it over to Office of Refugee Resettlement, ORR. Think of ORR as, I don't know what you guys have in Canada. We have Child Protective Services. Yeah, where, similar. yeah. Okay. Similar. So think of ORR like uh, the federal version of child protective services. So there's a two scenarios that are happening. So unaccompanied alien children are coming into America over half a million since Biden's taken office. Half a million. They've all been brutalized sexually. Mm-hmm. We bring them to America. We have to turn them over quickly to ORR. ORR goes and finds their sponsors. Some of these sponsors are not even family members. They don't know who the hell they are. They're pimps. And then we turn them over to them. You're talking about, so those kids you see in cages are, are called UACs. Another policy that is so stupid, I, I'm JJ Carroll crossing the border. I'm a deported felon. I mean, I've already been through America's system. I've committed crimes and deported. I will rent a child from the cartels and I'll cross with this child and I'll say, this is my daughter, Maria. Maria has been drugged by the way. She can't even move. She's like a dead piece of sack of potatoes. And when Maria comes to, to life, she's scared, but she won't say anything because she knows that she works for the cartels. I won't separate this family per policy. So this man who's a deported felon, I don't deport him again with his daughter, 
I release him into America. So I, so the cartels rent the child. I cross into America with it. I get released. Cartels take her back to the border, sexually destroy her, and then rent her again to come through. So those are the two scenarios. And, and people conflate them. They say that, well, yeah. they're separating the children. No, what they're doing is the children in the cages are unaccompanied alien children, UACs, that are going to get pushed out into America. And we need to talk about this. So let's stay on that subject. And then, then the, the, they call them family units. Family units are released into America. Now, to understand, we call it the trauma gauntlet. Everyone, so when you fly in to cross the border, you fly into Colombia or Panama in Central America and make that gauntlet to America, up to Mexico into America. This is, this is not even disputed. Every organization that works down there, left wing, United Nations, the WHO, all the crazy ass liberal organizations, they all admit that six to eight out of 10 women and children are sexually raped or abused coming up to America. Six to eight. Oh, yeah. When they come into America, here's the dirty secret. A lot of these children are raped and abused inside DHS custody. Okay, because these cages that should hold 400 people are holding 1,400, 2,000. And I'll give you an example. I have a friend that was a supervisor that was detailed down to Texas border. And I said, what does it look like in there? He goes, JJ, I got 2,000 kids from babies to 17-year-old inside a cage that holds 400. And I said, well, what do you got? Like, what are you doing? Like 50 barbecue? Agents walked in and goes, No, me. I'm watching 2,000 people. Mm. And I go, Holy shit, dude. He goes, Yes. So there's sexual abuses and rapes going on inside our custody. So when you look at the totality of what's happening, American government has become the largest sex trafficker in modern history. Mm. In modern history. This mm. is what's happening. So when you hear cages and you hear and you see these. Remember, those are unaccompanied alien children that are being, okay, connect the dots. United States of America, number one consumer of child pornography. All of these children are coming across the border and being sent to sponsors. We have, we have uh, Epstein Island with major power players uh, sexually raping young children. You have the direct, former director of DIA, uh, General Flynn came out in a podcast two weeks ago and said, and I quote, we have congressmen and senators that are compromised because they are sleeping with minor children in foreign nations. <laughs> so we have this pedophilia issue in America and we're feeding it. The, the federal government's feeding it. These children are being, of everything that I've done in my career, it doesn't phase me. Women being raped, men being murdered, all that crazy shit that you see in law enforcement, I just don't care. I, I know that says a lot about me or a, a lot less about me, but I just don't care. I'm desensitized. But young kids being sexually destroyed, it, it spins me up into a frenzy and I'm angry. Let me give you an example of how this works, okay? Or give you a story that, that encapsulates what it's like on the border and what we're allowing to happen. 
a man named Tom Homan, who was the former ICE uh, director under President Trump, true patriot, patriot, has been in front of Congress, as you can imagine, endless times, given sworn testimony. And I write this in my book. He talks about a time two, three, four months ago. He went down to Texas. The Texas DPS, Department of Public Safety, sheriffs took him to the coroner, the coroner's office. And in the coroner's office was uh, a, a Nigerian woman and her husband. And they were there claiming the body of their 20-month-old daughter that crossed the Rio Grande, got swept away and drowned. The coroner comes to Tom Homan. He's testifying. He's telling this story. And he is amped up, pissed off. He's so passionate. And he says, and this coroner pulls me aside and says, Mr. Homan, this, this little girl died of drowning. However, she has been sexually penetrated in every orifice of her body. And then Tom Homan goes on and says, and adamantly says, this is happening every day, all day, every night, all night. In fact, I'm sitting here telling you about this. I promise you it's happening right now. That, that is what America has allowed to happen. America, my country, my country is a, a sex pimp of children. Mm -hmm. And I stand by that. And no, one, I'm not going to change my mind, no matter what you say. Yeah. That's so, what America's become. So, so myself, um, I'm a writer. I'm an essayist. The only time I've ever considered myself an investigative journalist was actually when I went and dug into a, a child sex ring um, that was operating out of Lincoln, Nebraska in the 1980s. Um, and it's the only time that I have ever had anything questionable happen to me around anything that I've written. I know quite a bit about this. And there are CPS agents who are involved in these sex rings. I mean, you know, literally these children are not safe. It is a, a roll of the dice with every stage that they go through in the system yep. that they reach somewhere safe. So, so with these children, these UACs are in these cages and, and they're released into the, into the United States. What's the process once, once they're, once they're processed and released, what's the, what's the process to getting them to somewhere safe? Okay. This is, this is the, this is the really, really dirty secret. Okay. You talked about CPS. Our foster care system is underfunded, understaffed, and, in disarray. However, when I, if I'm a CPS person and I place a child, I will do unannounced visits, right? I'll do welfare checks at school. I'll, I'll just make sure this child's okay. Here's what happens. This is the process. Let me tell you, let me explain. So Michael Yan and Ann Vandersteel are two investigative journalists. They discovered two, Walmart has nothing to do with it but two old Walmart super centers in the small town of Brownsville, Texas, right on the Southern border. One held 5,000 boys, one held 5,000 girls. Escorts, they're actually called escorts, are hired to take these children across America on flights. So, and we're talking about this, and they had a whistleblower came out, he's like 20 years old, he's taking 17 year old girls, staying in hotels and flying them all over the world all over the country. And this is what he says, and it's very fascinating. And it goes full circle, Depstein, et cetera. He said, the strange thing is, is every time I get assignment, I end up flying to New York or Florida. And every time that I take these children 
I always end up taking them to extremely wealthy neighborhoods and homes. Why would a somebody that lives in a $2 million home in Florida, higher level elites, why would they not go to, to local foster care and bring a child in, but will go and get some kid from Yemen or Uzbekistan that doesn't speak English doesn't, and bring him into their house? Well, the reason is, is because once I release that child to their sponsor, there's no follow-up. Mm -hmm. Nobody checks. I'll give you an example. Health and Human Services Director Javier Bracera, who is a buffoon, stupid, corrupt bastard, he goes in front of Congress and says, well, you know, I try to call these people, but they won't pick up the phone and they're, the onus is on them to call us. No, Javier, you bastard. You just gave children to child sex traffickers and you just shrug your shoulder? <laughs> That's what we're living in America. Do, do not think for a second that you don't have major child sex trafficking people looking at catalogs of kids and picking them out and have them delivered to you. We have no idea where they are. You're finding kids now, and you talk about Lincoln, Nebraska. We're finding kids working in meatpacking plants in, in Nebraska at two o'clock in the morning, 12 years old, cleaning up entrails. America is a sick, dying patient. Mm -hmm. We are morally bankrupt and we are allowing we are allowing the, the the trafficking of children and we don't do a goddamn thing about it not anything no. look i just did look i just looked at my data okay before i came on just to see what the the unaccompanied children and minor children uh the data was there was over eleven thousand this month in october october numbers come out late we come out like three weeks before after they yeah. just arrested another 11,000. 11,000 and all of them had to be pushed out in 72 hours and then all of them under ORR had to be released. So we just pushed out another 11,000 children to be sexually brutalized in America. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, you know, it's, man, it's, we're both fathers. And I think that's kind of what what drives our 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 anger and our hatred for these people, right? Because, you know, like myself, anytime I hear about any of this, as a father, you just automatically put your child in that place. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, like, I, like, you know, it's like, I couldn't, I just can't believe that these sort, it was like when I was reading, when I was investigating this child sex ring, and sorry, I should correct it. It was Franklin, Nebraska, not, not Lincoln. But when I was, when I was reading about this, this, this child sex ring, it, it's just, it's it just destroys you inside because you're like these are these are fucking babies and who i don't know that what type of psychopath could do this to children i just don't know and in and in my and in my mind with these with these types of people these aren't people that even deserve prison sentences these are people no. that should be hung publicly nope. let everyone see it you know, they're not because the upper elites are, are tied into it. The upper elites are running it in our churches. It's already I'm Catholic. There was child sex trafficking inside the Catholic church. Yeah. And we're not the only faith that was doing it. Listen, you have children that are crossing our border that are being drugged, like physically drugged. So they can't wake up. And the people and the fathers are the fathers are carrying them. And they don't they're not even moving. They're barely breathing. Think of this. United States Border Patrol agents had a third party contract with a 
with a DNA testing. So if I and the Border Patrol go, there's no way that guy's a fucking dad. This is bullshit. I would test him to see if their DNA connect. Guess what? They discontinued the DNA. They fund it. They did. They got rid of it. Why would you do that? Why it's would the you do only that? Way. It's the only way. It's the only way to figure it out. I mean, that should be that. But should why? Be but why? Yeah. Well, it's obvious. You right? know the re you know it's obvious. Yeah. I mean, can we all? Can we all? Everybody watching, can we all get to the point that we that we're adults? Put pull up our big boy bridges and say, okay, two and two equals four. Okay, they cancel DNA testing in order to facilitate faster movement of children through the border. Okay, I have to. I mean, that's the only explanation. Can we just can we just be honest? And then when you're honest, then you have to ask yourself, well, what the hell am I going to do about it? Is my oh my son's okay? He's okay now. Yeah, but your son's okay now. Oh, now he might not be okay tomorrow, but mm -hmm. you kept your mouth shut for decades because you were afraid of being called a racist, a xenophobe, whatever. But your kids are not safe. If yeah. you think that these people, we have a pedophilia problem, an epidemic of cancer in our society. And I, I don't think you can make that. I don't think it stops at the, the Canadian border, right? It, it's just flowing up and down mm -hmm. the North America. Half a million children that we know of have been arrested and released under Joe Biden. Half a million. HHS has already under oath said, I have no idea where these people are. The congressman said, wait a minute. You've lost 100,000 of the 500. Where are the other 400? I don't know. I, I don't know. We don't, they don't have the manpower to facilitate, to, to do checkups. Who, who in the federal government is going to go check up on a half a million children that they don't know? They'll spend years trying to figure out where the hell they are, more or less. Look, and I say this, and I say this with absolute certainty. There are children right now being passed around and they're, they're screaming to God, God, why? Is this happening? God, please send somebody to find me. There's nobody coming for you. I'm sorry. You're going to just have to deal with this. Yeah. And when people need to understand why is child sex trafficking, why, why do they do it? Why, well, it's money. Think of it. You need to think of it in terms of a business. I know it's hard to think of it as a business, but you have to get your brain wrapped around this. If I'm a narco smuggler and I'm pushing fentanyl, cocaine, heroin, when I sell that product, it's gone, right? <laughs> I'm going to shoot in my arm, I'm going to snort it, it's gone. I got to go buy another one, right? And I have to provide that product. If I have a young boy, he could do tricks five to 10 times a day. And then I just reuse them and reuse them. Five to 10 times a day where I'm selling cocaine once, I'm selling this boy five times. So I'm making five to 10 times the profit of a narco smuggler. Yeah. And it's, that's happening right now as you and I are speaking. Yeah. It's interesting to me, you know, I, I've, I've made this observation observation a number of times throughout my life, but it's interesting to me how the left, whenever they want to ram through some policy, that's going to, that's going to restrict freedom and, 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 you know, 
it, it's, it's always do it for the children, right? It's always get vaccinated for the kids, you know, oh, climate change, we gotta, we gotta, you know, stop using fossil fuels for the kids. But the reality is, is this is what's really happening to the kids and nobody fucking cares. Nobody gives no. a shit. And that was that, that was, you know, that was the big discovery I made when I was looking into that sex trafficking ring was I was like, I was blown away by how many hands these children passed through. And there was just, nobody cared. There was no like, one cared. There, there was, there were so many blatant scenarios where it was blatant what was going on and nobody in government, nobody in, in law enforcement, nobody took a moment to just stop and go, what the fuck is going on here now? No. Isn't it interesting as well how a movie like The Sound of Freedom comes out and it's automatically ripped to shreds in the media, um, you know, because it becomes a it becomes a political uh, a political cudgel for some reason, even though it's 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 attacking the exact cancer that we're talking about here, the 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 main one, the 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 deepest darkest evil that imaginable. Why would why would the left and the media attack something that should be uplifting? uh story or a, a a revelation why why would the media attack it and the answer is because they're part of it that in fact at least one of the journalists i think it's from the wall street journal don't quote me on it wrote a scathing article about it. it's called a q anon called it conspiracy well evidently this man's a child predator been arrested for child look, look what happened to pizzagate have you followed that this week where uh, Media Matters, the Media Matters uh, Brock that created the and who's who uh, Elon is is uh, suing his partner, his partner that was uh, running interference on Pizzagate, the child sex trafficking back in the Clinton days, actually just got arrested for child pornography. No the kidding. Mayor, yeah, the mayor. Look it up. It's amazing. Uh, a mayor, God, I apologize for not remembering this, local, a big mayor in America just got 30 years for having 500 victims of child pornography and, and, and actual physically touching. And he's very good friends with, with Pete Buttigieg. And the media won't talk about it. So when you start to look at the high level society, right? The, the media elites, the, the political elites, the corporate elites, Bill Gates that went to Epstein Island a dozen times, Epstein that has all of these connections and you understand that we are mired in pedophilia in America. Why is it so hard to connect open borders and a free flow? Not look, I know this is so hard to, to say it in these terms because it's so disgusting, but think of it, think of it like you're a business. I'm a business and all I can sell are white children. So I can just sell white chocolate, okay? That's the only thing I can sell. However, I'm, an, I'm the businessman down the street and I say, look at all these flavors of chocolate that I have. Look at all of this diversity I can offer you. I have very dark chocolate, light skin. I got Asians. I got, I got white people from Germany. I got Ecuadorians. I got Indians from the jungle. Yeah. Look at what I got for you. Pick and choose what you like. And they are picking off of that goddamn menu and taking their children. So, so what do you say? And we're allowing it though, but we're allowing it. Nobody's yeah. stopping it. 
Oh yeah. I, what do you say that that was leading me to my next question is what do you say to people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who goes to the Southern border and does her, her Oscar winning performance as she screams and cries through, uh, you know, at the wall because everybody deserves to be here and be free. And she can't believe they're stuck. They're stuck, you know, where they are. Having said everything that you've just said, what do you say to her? I tell her to go to hell. That's what I tell her. And I tell her, you know what? Go fix me a martini and shut up. You have no idea. You know that I know people where she went to the border. Do you know that that famous picture of her looking through the chain link fence crying? Yeah. Do you know what she was looking at? It was an empty parking lot. It was staged. It was an empty <laughs> parking lot with a border patrol agent sitting off in the distance. And she's acting like she's looking through a cage where kids are. It's all staged. Also, she has gone through border patrol stations and ranted and cursed out border patrol agents. Fucking this is bullshit. Get the fuck away from me. Don't touch me. That's the that's the congressman's talking to border patrol agents. What yeah. I say to those people are nothing really because they are allowing it to happen. Yeah, they and are, you know all this of is them are. the the strangest the strangest uh I, I don't know the word for it, but the strangest thing that I've seen over the years is I'm listening to you talk. You're a father, you're a border, you're 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 a US border agent, you're a you're a man who committed most of his life to saving lives, essentially is what you were doing. You were saving American lives because you were keeping the bad people out. But you were also saving the lives and men just like you, men and women just like you, all up and down the American border, saving the lives of these children who are going to be sold into sexual slavery. I mean, for a time, obviously not now. But, you know, it's 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 interesting to me because I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking, you know, JJ, you're a, you know, as you sit in front of your American flag, you are what leftists would call a MAGA Republican fascist racist but you're the guy standing between them and everyone else, right? You're the you're the actual guy. You're the guy on the ground that's saving these poor children from South America and Mexico, and and you know what I mean, men and people. You and men like you, but yet you have to sit there and take this shit from them when they call you a, a racist and a fascist, and you knowing what you know. What what does that what does that do to you internally? you know, in your mind? Well, to me, I, I, my whole career, I was born in Massachusetts. My father's a secret service agent. So I moved around, but I spent the last, my adult years, my, my formative high school adult years in deep South, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas. So people see me big, big white guy from the South. You're a racist. I've been told that my whole life in, in the border patrol. So it means nothing, right? People are so ignorant. I'm the minority in the United States Border Patrol, 60% Hispanic. I don't see color. I, I just don't. I see Americans. We're Americans. So when people call me names and say things, I know the truth. So when say someone says, well, you're a racist, so I go, no, no. HHS has lost over 100,000 kids. How's that racist? I'm talking about black kids. I'm talking about brown kids and, and Asian kids and white kids. How's that racist? So it doesn't affect me. However, what they're doing to the United States Border Patrol, and it wrecked me. I mean, there were days where I was just like, how, how am I going to get through this day? 
how I know that I'm doing my job, but the powers to be are, are, are just undercutting me. We have an epidemic in the United States Border Patrol of suicide deaths, suicides. That's a direct correlation to being called horrific names throughout your career. You have, you mentioned AOC. AOC calls us Nazis using Nazi tactics, uh, enforcing Nazi laws. She's so stupid. It's, I hate to even use her because she's such a dumb moron. We're, we're enforcing laws that you, sweetheart, voted on. We're enforcing laws that the Congress and the president signed off on. If anyone's a Nazi, you're a Nazi for not changing those laws. And why haven't you changed those laws? You and I are discussing illegal immigration. We're not discussing legal immigration. I love it. I love legal immigration. I'm talking illegal. So, sweetheart, you and your three brain cells, if you think there needs to be more legal immigration, let's have a debate about it. In fact, I might agree with you. I might not. And we'll open the border wider and have legal immigration. I'm talking about the fact that you won't go talk about that. And you want to bring through the back door, basically our front door, all your millions of people. Why are you not changing the law to make it legal, but you'll bring them all in under a fraudulent system? And the, and the, and the answer to that is because Americans don't want any more legal or illegal immigration in America. We've hit it. We've hit our max. Let me give you an example. New York City today, just I just posted this on my Twitter account. New York residents are out of their mind because what happens on Wednesday morning before Thanksgiving? They hand out turkeys for the, the lower social economic people in New York. Well, they ran out of turkeys. Well, why did they run out of turkeys? Because all the illegal aliens there in New York City came and took all the turkeys and all the free food. So Americans... Americans, our brothers and sisters that are having a hard time economically, which a lot of people are, won't get a turkey because the Guatemalan family that doesn't understand Thanksgiving gets a free turkey. That's small into the big picture, but that is emblematic of what's happening in America. Look at Chicago. Chicago is a war zone. It has schools that don't even, not even one high school functions at the, the proficient level. They just allocated $100 million to house illegal aliens and, and help them get jobs. They have a homeless problem and an employment problem and a gang problem in Chicago, and they diverted $100 million from their own people to illegal aliens. This is what I'm telling you, that I, America is unique and America is great because we are not a democracy. We are a republic, meaning mm -hmm. we are represented, but we're not represented anymore. How do you come into Congress with meager means and leave a millionaire 10 times over on a $170,000 a year salary? How? Well, because you're corrupt and no one will say it. We live, look, I take no joy in this. In fact, I wish you and I were having this discussion that I just retired and President Trump was in his second term and the border was completely secure. We were within six to nine months of Trump's next term of being completely secure, sovereign nation, completely. And I would, you and I would be having a, a completely different discussion. My book would be about the greatness of American immigration. Look what we've accomplished. Look at, look at what we've, we've helped 
the, the legal immigrant to do. No, my book's about corruption, treason, uh, the destruction of America. I, I don't take any freaking joy in this, but I'm not going to stay silent and allow all of this to go on and, and, and me just think, well, I got my turkey. My son's going to have turkey and mashed potatoes. I'm okay. No, no, that's not how America works. We're supposed to take care of each other. We're supposed to point out corruption and, and we're supposed to take it down. And it, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I just have, have to take a break and recharge because where are my fellow citizens? There's few of us that are saying anything. Mm -hmm. There's more every day because now the corruption and the treason is affecting more and more people in their day-to-day -day lives. And it's affecting when people go hungry and people feel disenfranchised, like in New York, Chicago, uh, Austin, Texas, on and on and on, change will happen. But we go back to my original question to you is, are we, are we gonna be able to awake in time from our slumber to stop the final destruction? And my, my answer to you is, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't I'm very yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. And that's that I actually that's that's a lot of why I'm I'm here today and why I'm talking to you. Um, because I feel like I feel like we are losing we are we we are, are the foundation on which both of our countries were built has been just destroyed. And and yes we're we're i feel like we're we're trying to hold everything together with with you know rubber bands and glue and it's just slowly pulling apart further and further and further and and the thing that i always that always perplexes me is how this these ideas that we're talking about especially the idea of nationalism has been almost permanently affiliated with you know white racism and and to yeah. me it's like but 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 it's not it's not just white men who are who are you know concerned about their country it's black women it's it should be everybody it should be mm -hmm. latino men you know black women you know what i mean middle eastern families like it it should be everybody who who's who is a naturalized citizen of the country in which they reside that that should be concerned right and i i just it's it's again it's another it's another marxist trick right mm -hmm. where absolutely they attribute national pride and nationalism itself to just you know white white supremacy and it's like it's this this whole thing it just doesn't make any sense now i, I want to pivot because because i want to ask you because you brought something up and, and i really want to ask you you guys have an election coming up mm -hmm. I, I i don't think biden is he's just I mean, it's it's very obvious that he's just a puppet for for special interests, right? I mean, he's a zombie. He's he's yeah. weekend at Bernie's essentially, he right? Is. And yeah. America has been weekend at Biden's for the last three years. So, so you have two very strong candidates. You have Trump and you have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And I think they both have very good perspectives on. The Christ, the immigration crisis you're facing, although they have differing, they have differing viewpoints. Right. Um, in your mind, who is the best candidate for America 2024 onward? There's no doubt it's it's Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah. When when I absolutely believe it for multitude of reasons, but let's stay with immigration. I don't have to listen to Trump tell me about how he's going to secure the border. 
he already did it. So when he's like Robert Kennedy's going to talk about um, theoreticals, how he, I, I think this will work. Well, no, no, Trump already did it. I, I don't know how to explain this to you except to say 150 people arrested in a 24-hour period, 5,000 and then 11,000 a day under Biden. Trump, let, me, let me explain how Trump did it. Trump said, okay, I'm going to build a wall. He only had 25% of the wall built, okay? He went down to the South American country. He went down to the called Northern Triangle, Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, and then Mexico, and said, you're going to stop these caravans. If you don't stop the caravans, I'm stopping all U.S. aid to your countries. These nations were so used to dealing with corrupt and impotent presidents, Republicans and Democrats, that they laughed at him. I remember, I lived it. I was there. And then one day, Trump said, turned it off, literally turned off the spigot and said, you get nothing because those nations are cesspools and they depend on our hard-earned tax dollars to survive. And know what they said? Yes, sir, Mr. Trump, you got our full attention, whatever you want. And they turned the spigot back on for the money. And guess what? Apprehensions just nosedive. And everybody that was crossing the border had a consequence, meaning no one was let go. ICE was in the interior arresting tens of thousands of criminal aliens every day, just deporting them, flights going back to, to Sudan, Ecuador, whatever, Uzbekistan. Everyone took back their people. So when you talk about, I want somebody that's going to fix this problem, well, I want to, I want to hire the guy that actually fixed it before this, this treasonous bastard destroyed it. Mm. And that's President Trump. There is nobody else in America right now that's going to have the, the fortitude, the determination, the experience, and the flat-out resentment in his gut that Donald Trump has when he comes back in office. And I want a scorched-earth policy. Look, he's already come out. President Trump said, the very first day that I'm elected, I will create the world's largest deportation force. Everyone that received any kind of relief under Biden is gone. Tom Homan will go back and work for him. He will create the world's largest deportation force, and it will happen. Everything that you and I are talking about has already been done. Look, Eisenhower did Operation Wetback. I know it's a politically bad term now, but that was the term of his operation, Operation Wetback. And he told all the illegals in America, get out. And if you don't get out and I arrest you, you're never allowed relief again. Millions went south. Millions. Self-deported. You don't have to catch everybody. You just have to catch a few. And then you have to make employer sanctions powerful. If you employ an illegal alien, you're fined $5,000 per employee. It's already been done. We already did employer sanction. It works. Right. So, so my answer is Donald Trump. That's the only person that's going to fix this. The only guy. Now, now here's, here's, here's my next question. Does Trump make it? Because here's, this is my real concern. They've they're, they've nailed him to the fucking wall, man. And look, I'll I'll say this: I'm an old school liberal. I was a progressive in my twenties, like I think most twenty year olds. Um, I didn't have that high of an opinion on Trump for the first couple years of his presidency, but it was because I was just a you know liberal dumb dumb listening to what everybody says. It wasn't until I really looked into Trump that I developed an admiration for him and an admiration for his policy because he was fantastic for America. Not so good for Canada, but he was fantastic for America. He 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 resurrected a lot of the parts of your economy that were long dead. 
Uh, He was great for your, he was great for immigration. Um, You know, it's funny because the way liberals frame it is, oh, he's going to build a wall. He wants to keep out all the brown people. No, he wants to keep Americans safe. Americans of all races, right? Not just white people. So Trump has been nailed to the wall with these indictments. I mean, they're the deep state is going after him. They, they want to do everything that they can to, to rip him to pieces. Now, from everything that I've seen, I do not see, I mean, every indictment they hit him with, he just gains another million votes. I mean, it's, it's backfiring horrendously because people can see the game that's being played here. I do not see a scenario where Trump, Trump does a single day in prison for any of these supposed charges against him. Now, in your view, and this is my concern is that they're going to try to assassinate him before before the before the election before he can get there do you do you have the same viewpoint do you think that the deep state tries to take him out because he's that much of a threat to their agenda yes and i'll give you i give you someone else that's right on line with you and i is tuck carlson and he, mm-hmm. and he i don't know if you saw that interview and he laid it out perfectly when he was interviewing trump they tried to impeach you three times they they tried to assassinate your family's character, destroy your businesses. Now they're trying to throw you into jail. They can't throw you into jail. The only thing left is to kill you, right? And that's what Carlson said. He said that all they're going to do, President Trump, is kill you. That's all they have left. So when I, when I talk to people about this, I think I put it in this perspective. The crazy liberals have driven the ball. It's the fourth quarter in the NFL. They've driven the ball from the goal line, from the one-yard line all the way down to the one-yard line, and they're about to score. And the only thing I have to do is destroy this man to get another four years and completely change America. Do you think they're going to just go, okay, we lost on the one-yard line? No. No, they're going to do whatever they can. Now, I have interviewed and, and, and been interviewed by many people that also think that and Douglas McGregor says the same thing. You might see World War III before the elections. You might see some kind of martial law in America. You might see another uh, uh, epidemic, pandemic. Anything to stop the election to happen. Or they're going to cheat so brazenly that it, it will boggle anybody's mind. Things are coming to a head. I think if something like that happens, you will see a civil war. I, that's what I think too. What, what that civil war looks like, does it look like the 1860 or does it look, is it a more electronic war? I, I don't know what it is. And I don't want that because when that civil war happens, whatever is left is what our country now is. It never goes back to the way it was. It'll just be this. I do have great concern going into 2024. I don't believe that. I think it will be absolute utter chaos like we have never seen before. And as Canadians, I think as a, if I was Canadian, I would be irate that I, I'm ha- having a direct impact from you idiots down there in America. Biden is a bag of skin and bones. That's all he is. He has no idea what's going on. You have America haters. They're going to push him out. There's no way he's going to run again. None. 
they're going to bring in they're going to bring in Newsom because he's the tightest with uh, China, mm-hmm. and that he makes the most sense to bring in because he he will do whatever the Chinese want. Yeah, um, I think I think also that's why they've. So it's funny because you just said you know Canada historically. I always say we're five years downstream from from America, right? We we tend to absorb the runoff of American mm-hmm. culture, but. I think in in the case of this woke neo-Marxist ideology, it's actually ran the other way. I think we've we've exported a lot of our of our bullshit into into your culture. And, you know, you can see it in Justin Trudeau recently going down and 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 sitting down with Gavin Newsom. That's how I knew it. I knew it. I was like, oh, there it is. That what they're trying to do is they're trying to to increase Newsom's profile by having him meet with the woke neo-Marxist Canadian prime minister. Now here's here's my position this is what i think i think that if trump doesn't make it to election day or if the democrats try to steal the election i i hate to say this and and i don't want to sound like i'm a conspiracy theory alarmist type of guy but i just don't see how a civil war is avoidable at this point because you have people you have a lot of people you have millions of people who have been beaten to a fucking pulp for the last mm-hmm. 4 years right there there people are struggling and we can't we, it's 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 it 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 puzzles me how our legacy media is able to just overlook the fact that people can barely feed themselves they can barely pay their mortgages people can barely put gas in their cars because of the taxes we we are being strangled right so you have this tension that exists and i think a lot of people see trump as being the one who is going to relieve a lot of that pain mm-hmm. right and so whether he is or not I, that's up for debate and we can debate that another time but a lot of people see trump as being the figure that's going to re, to, to relieve that pain yep. so you have a lot of people who are really desperate really desperate for an answer and here comes the answer right 2024 uh-huh. he's poised to do it to to, to take back the white house and if for whatever reason anything gets in the way of him doing that, I see that being the trigger that's going to actually spark physical war. I th- I, I, I just too. and I think it's I think it's I think it's disgusting and deeply irresponsible of liberals and Democrats to 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 play to play that game because I think it's 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 a lot of people are going to die. And that's the part that I get afraid of. You know, a lot of people talk about revolution. Oh, we need a revolution. And I always tell people, you don't want a revolution, man. If you if you read about revolutions uh, that have occurred throughout history, um, they're always bloody. And there are a lot of people who die who are not the people who are who were intended to die in the first place, yeah. right? The real danger of revolutions is the vacuum that occurs after that entire structure is stripped out, because now you have all these different groups who are warring, who go to who go to war over power, over control, yeah. and that's where most of the death and destruction happens. You don't want that. You don't want our republics and our democracies to fall to to a revolution or to corruption, and 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 and. That's the part that I'm most worried about is going into 2024. In Canada, we have a we have a scenario where again we have a woke neo-Marxist prime minister, a woke neo-Marxist government that has robbed people blind. We have 600 billion in public spending that has just disappeared. We have 
you know, our 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 vaccine passport app was called the the ArriveCan app, right? And uh, it was the 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 pa- the the passport that you used to travel across the border. We, we're now finding out that that app should have costed us roughly two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Canadian taxpayers paid fifty four million. And we're now realizing through House committee hearings that tens of millions of dollars just disappeared to contractors who don't even exist, who don't have a physical address, right? We are realizing that billions and billions and billions of dollars have been siphoned off. And I wrote an essay not too long ago drawing the parallel between Canada and Venezuela, because what happened in Venezuela is exactly what's happening here, right? And so my fear is that we're going to, we are coming to a head and that we are going to get to a point where where people have no other choice but to to physically fight. And that's what I'm scared of because I don't want people, I don't want this to happen to our countries. I don't want this to happen in Canada, the United States. I want our republics and our democracy to survive. But I just don't, I just, I, 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 I scour my brain for a, for, for, for a solution to these problems. And I don't see one because yeah. we, 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 we have, uh, a, a very small minority who are devoted, who are currently in power, who control the media, who are captured by a deceptive, destructive ideology that is hell bent on ending our countries as we know them. Now, I know you got to run. I've had you for two hours now. I'm actually going to break. I think I'm going to break this into two parts because you said so many important things. I want everybody to hear all of it. Um, now, I want to ask you uh, uh, one last uh, final question, but before you go on, and 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 it was exactly kind of what I just touched on. In your view, how do we fix this? I, I believe the the best way for us to fix it is having conversations like this. Yeah. I, I know that sounds so simplistic, but tell me another way. It, am I supposed to call my congressman, the same congressman that's been there for forty years and is part of this problem? Am I supposed to call the White House? We need term limits. So who am I going to call in, in the government? Um, I don't trust the FBI. I don't trust the CIA. I don't trust DHS. I don't trust my Catholic priest. I don't trust the, the, the presidency. I don't trust the media. So we have to talk to each other and we have to prepare each other for worst case scenarios. And we have to talk to each other. So when we do vote, and that brings us to the real crutch in America, our vote is sacred. So now people are questioning, just like I said, well, we got to get out and talk to each other and vote. But is my vote going to count? We've already proven it's not. They've, the idea that I'm a cr- crazy conspiracy theorist, that the 20 election was stolen, that's not even an argument anymore. Everyone just now acknowledges, yeah, there was ballot stuff. There was all this stuff happened. No one calls me a conspiracy theorist or or Dinesh D'Souza conspiracy. No, this happened. Everyone's like, okay, but the, the left is like, what are you going to do about it? I cheated. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You can't do anything because we rule everything. I think the only way to do it is to talk to each other. Now, let's say that we talk to each other and let's fast forward to 20, 2024 and the election date comes and goes. And Biden gets 92 million votes and Trump gets 75 million. And we all know it's a lie because only 100, 170 million people voted, right? 170 people voted and only 150 million are allowed to vote. And they cheated again. And everyone knows they cheated. Everyone knows. What happens? What happens? 
See, I, that is a big question. What happens when, when 90 million people or 80 something million people like last election are disenfranchised? And then, like you said, not only did I steal that from you, you 80 million, but I'm going to call you vile names and I'm going to browbeat you and I'm going to paint you as to be a horrible person. Then I'm going to start taking food off your table and your kids are going to suffer. Now we have a problem because now you've pushed people, not just 100,000, you pushed 80 million people into a corner yeah. and said, you either are going to fight or you're going to die. What are you going to do? And Americans are fighters, some of us more than others. So when you say, what's the answer? I wish I had a clear cut answer because once I start going down that, we need to talk to each other in order to vote, I have to stop myself and go, that's if they count the votes the right way. Do you understand that we're still counting votes in Arizona three years after the election? Argentina just hand counted tens of millions of votes in six hours. Three years later, we still don't know the final totals of our counts in Arizona. Do you yeah. think that there's some corruption in America? Yeah, no but shit. You have, right. But to, to, to finally answer your question, besides podcasting, which you can knock it. And I'm a prime example of this new podcasting because I don't watch regular TV at all anymore. Mm. I get my news of listening to experts talk and be interviewed. Why do I want to listen to a talking head that I don't trust on Fox News? When I can listen to the guy that's been there, done it, and wrote a book about it, and he's telling me this is, I'm going to trust him mm -hmm. over that guy. Mm -hmm. So this is the new medium. This is the new way of getting our information. But ultimately, are we going to have our votes counted? And if not, then I say we'll have a civil war. I See, just do. Yeah. And so just to wrap this up, I want to pose one more thing to you because this is something that I've been mulling over in my head quite a bit. And I've asked a few people about it and I want to get your, your insight before we go at the end of every empire, the empire fractures and breaks into separate States. Right. And in Canada, we are seeing, I'm in Alberta. Alberta uh, is comparable to, to, well, they call us Canada's Texas. And I've been to Texas and I can tell you we are mirror images of each other. Alberta is the Texas of the North. We also have Saskatchewan, which is you know very much like a Texas or a Florida or a Mississippi. And Alberta and Saskatchewan have begun taking steps towards sovereignty. Um, in Canada, we're not a republic, we're a confederation. So, so we work a bit differently, but it's very similar, right? And um, we're, we're taking steps toward breaking away from our federal government. In Alberta, we elected um, a, a conservative uh, leader, but she is not a, cons a, a traditional conservative. She's more of a libertarian. And right. so we're seeing this shift, this political shift in Canada. And I know in the United States, you're starting to see the, the divide grow, right? And you're seeing states like Florida and Texas and Iowa and Idaho kind of becoming their own thing. Now, I, I want to ask, in your view, are we seeing the end of an American empire and the beginning of potentially a 
a new allegiance of sovereign states like Alberta, Texas, Florida, Saskatchewan, Iowa, Alaska, that will become a, an entirely different confederation? I think there is more merit to that than six months ago or a year ago. Uh, three years ago, people talked about Texas seceding um, and, and Idaho, uh, excuse me, Oregon, parts of Oregon, Eastern Oregon, uh, breaking off and, be, and becoming uh, like called Eastern Oregon or part of Idaho. Those discussions have ramped up. I believe that if Trump gets put in jail, killed, or taken off the ballot, or the, or the election stolen, because everyone is conceding he will win, right? I believe that you will see a strong push for something like that. And that will just be, let's just say, for example, because America, when you look at middle America, even almost all the way to the coast is all red. The liberal blue is just the, the cutouts of the America. What happens when, let's just say that we take two-thirds of America, right down the middle, and that becomes the conservative United States of America. You know both sides are going to crumble. The, the, left, the left coast are going to crumble. They're going to eat themselves alive under their policies. They're going to die because they, they, they're parasites on the working class. And the mm -hmm. working class now is in the middle. So what will happen is the people from those places are going to want to come in. And what are we going to do? We're going to have to fight. So therefore, you have your civil war again. Mm -hmm. I think I think the the separation of Canada or the separation of America is just prolonging that battle that you're going to have to have. Mm -hmm. So maybe the answer isn't to to do that and waste time. Maybe the answer is just to go ahead and take care of business and get your republic back. Look, our founding fathers. I'm not quoting anything that is uh, outside the box. Our founding fathers said once your government becomes tyrannical, you have a moral and legal right to go and take it back, destroy it, that tyrannical government, and build the government anew the way it should be in your eyes. They put that in there. It's just how do you wrangle away that power from the powerful? Think of this. You have strong, strong conservatives. Only one conservative has come out for term limits, Ted Cruz. One, where, where are the other 218 Republicans in the, in the Congress and the 48, 49 senators saying, we want term limits. Because they don't want term limits. They want power. They want to become wealthy. Mitch McConnell's been in, in there, what, 40 years? 35, yeah. 40 years? Yeah. You know, so long, long way of saying, if Trump doesn't come in, I think America is going to feel immense growing pains and and then i believe our adversaries the reason why our adversaries have not attacked us yet is because the old adage why interrupt them when they're killing themselves mm -hmm. allow them to continue to kill themselves and that's what they're doing and then when they find us weak enough they'll come in and take over these aren't fantasies anymore this isn't i'm not a prepper i'm not a crazed conspiracy i'm a guy that's lived it. I'm looking at everything that's happened that has never happened before in American history is happening. You, and my, my phrase that I use a lot in my writings and, and Twitter, connect the dots. If, 
you have to be able to connect the dots. And then over time, a very clear picture will emerge and you'll say, yeah, that's the only explanation. And that's what I write in my book. And that's what I talk about in, in interviews like this. If you don't believe me, but we come to an agreement that yes, this is happening. What I've described is happening. The numbers are true. And if you don't believe me, then why don't you tell me your explanation? <laughs> and there's never a rational explanation given to me. In fact, what I deal with is utter silence. So a left-leaning host and myself, we just sit here and stare at each other for like 20 seconds. And you know, in pot on air, 20 seconds, 20 seconds, like 20 years, right? Yeah. And we just sit there and stare at each other. And I see his wheels going and he's, it, to a man, they, to, their, to, to respect them, they say, I don't have an answer. Well, if you don't have an answer, you either go and you start researching more or you agree with me, but you can't keep playing stupid. I just think America's at a crossroads. I really do. And I think that the really key in the road is next 20, uh, uh, November, 2024. And that is gonna tell me exactly what's gonna happen to America. And maybe before then Trump gets killed, gets uh, taken off the ballot, whatever it is, and then we'll know. No one wants to vote for DeSantis. I like DeSantis. No one's gonna vote for Nikki Haley or uh, Ramaswamy or that fat Buffalo Chris, Chris Christie. Nobody, we all want Trump. And if yeah. you take him away from us, 80 million people are going to be disenfranchised and they're going to be angry. What and it, is that manifestation of that anger? I don't know, but it's not good. Yeah, and I think Trump is the only option because he's an outsider. I, I honestly believe that. I mean, Ramaswamy is an outsider to a degree. I like a lot of what he has to say, but, you know. It's not his time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly like you said. You know, Trump has a track record. You know, and 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 look, I, I disagree with a lot of what Trump did during during the pandemic, but I think that he was unfortunately under the influence of some very, very bad forces. And um, yeah, man, I hope you're right. Listen, JJ, I I, I could talk to you for another two hours, man. Um, will you come back on and tell because I want to actually go to the top level to why 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 this is all happening and, and your ideas on. You know, I, I talked to Brian about it briefly, um, you know, George Soros and 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 organizations that he controls and and how these very high level players have a lot to do with the immigration crisis that we're seeing now in the United States. Um, can we come back another day and, and, and talk about Absolutely. this? So for now, JJ, um, when we're done recording, hang around, we'll say our goodbyes privately, okay. but uh, but tell everybody where they can find you. Okay, you can uh, find me on Twitter at jjcarroll14, or I have a Substack, which is at jjcarroll, or just go to my website, jjcarroll.com, and you can purchase my book. It's on Amazon. Um, it's called Invaded, uh, and we talk about exactly what we're talking about today, um, and in stories about my my career in the Border Patrol, it kind of uh, brings it all together. So um, that's where you can find me. I really appreciate you giving me two hours to 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 really discuss in deep detail of what's going on the border. And um, I'm very appreciative. So thank you.
oh, JJ, I, like I said, I would talk to you for four hours, five hours if if you didn't have a life to live and if I didn't have <laughs> things to do too. But yeah. um, thank you so much, man. Your, your insight, this was this was more than I ever hoped for. So thank you for your insight. And, and I really look forward to doing this again soon.